Hey there, and welcome to episode number 70 of Become a Guitarist Today with myself, Adam Roach. Now, in this episode, I am joined with Kenny Wayne Shepherd to talk about his new album, The Traveller. So, Kenny gives a great insight to the album with a track by track rundown of each song and some of the backstories. I'd like to say a big thank you to Matt Wakeling from the Guitar Speak podcast for allowing this interview to happen. So Matt was actually supposed to do the interview, but had other things on, so he passed on to me, which I greatly appreciate. So thank you again, Matt. And thank you to my sponsors, Custom Guitar Picks and Living Music. So let's go over to the interview now with Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Joining conference now. Well, we'll start from the start then. So track one, A Woman Like You which is a, a great blues rock opener for the album. And I find it's got a really uh, very tasty melodic solo as well. So I just wanted to know, do you actually write the solos before you go into the studio or you just improvise when you get in there? No, it's, it's, we, I just improvise. I mean, <clears throat> we play the song down and then I just, you know, play whatever I'm feeling at the moment. Yep. And then uh, if I don't like that, maybe I'll go back and fix it later and replace it with something else. But usually it's all very spontaneous. Okay. And do you ever have to go back and actually relearn the solos or you just improvise them live as well? Uh, well, yeah, sometimes you kind of, you want to keep the structure of a solo kind of the same. And then you can, once you've got that down to the live show, then you can start changing things up if you want. But if you listen to the album enough times between the time you record it and then the time it comes out and you start playing it, then you pretty much have it cemented in your head pretty good. And, yeah. uh, you know, so you have like a rough outline to, to go from. So then we have yeah, track two, long t- time running. Try not to say long time running then. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, so it's got more of a, a rocky edge, I guess, with the, the driving power chord through it as well. Yeah, that's a pretty rocking song. You know, it's kind of like about this guy just kind of living this frantic existence, just doesn't know if he's going or coming. But, you know, he's kind of zeroed in on this uh, on this love interest. He knows that he can focus on that, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's really just a really cool opportunity. We, we just wrote some kind of like, you know, some lyrics just to kind of paint some pictures in your mind as you listen to the band rock out. So do you write all the lyrics as well on this album? Uh, yeah, so I, I co-write. Like, historically, I have people that I write with. And this particular song is, I, I wrote it with two people that I've been writing with since I was a teenager. Okay. Uh, Mark Selby and Tia Fillers. It's the people that I wrote Blue on Black and Deja Vu and like many, many songs over the course of my career uh, have been written with those people. We'll go to track number three then, I Want You. Now, the thing I noticed about this one is that that every second progression you go into like that little, it's like a crotchet triplet type feel where it sounds like it's slowing down, but it really fits really well. So that was very well written as well. Yeah, thanks. I mean, this song isn't going to win any lyrical awards because it's like just a straight up blue song. It's got that kind of, that sexy attitude thing going on, you know, but the lyrics are not like profound or anything. It's just very basic. Like, you know, the guy just basically proclaiming 
that he wants his woman. And uh, but really, what it is is the lyrics are just a vehicle to get to facilitate the music. Yeah. And the music is really uh, what the song is all about. I mean, if you wanted to ask me, like, you know, what's Kenny Wayne Shepherd's version of blues music? Uh, what would be the best example of what Kenny Wayne Shepherd thinks modern day blues music sounds like? That'd be the song I'd play for you. That defines contemporary blues or modern blues in a nutshell to me. And with that part also, I noticed you've got the brass in there as well. So the brass coming later, didn't they, for the to the studio? Yeah, so they we put the uh, horn section on after the fact. That's one of the few overdubs that we did. I mean, I generally try and do everything in the studio as live as possible because that's the essence of my band is the live yeah. performance. So uh, we all play in the room together at the same time. You know, it's just like as if we're on stage. And uh, But the horn sections came after the fact. We did like background vocals some vocal overdubs, and then we added the horn sections after the songs had already been cut. But it's a pretty welcome addition to the album. I actually had them play on the majority of the record, and I did that because I thought that the album could use it, um, but also because uh, then I knew that I would kind of be forcing myself to have to bring the horn section out on the road. So, you know, we've done that to varying degrees over the years. We've had a horn section come out for a week, you know, here and there or whatever, but we've never really kind of made it a, a, a permanent part of the show. So for this tour, uh, we're taking the horns off with us. So that, that's exciting, especially for the fans that have seen us many times before, you know, it'll, it'll be a new thing for them. Yeah, yeah, it's right. It's something different. Uh, now let's go to track four, Tailwind, which uh, is, again has got some great harmonies. I mean, they're all, all the songs are great harmonies, but this one really stood out to me. And you've got the uh, slide guitar solo as well. So do you slide much with your live playing? No, I'm not much of a slide player. I played slide on one song on my first album and two songs on my third album. Okay. And a little bit on one song on my fourth album, but I haven't really played much slide i never could really get my vibrato the way i wanted it yeah, yeah. um so you know i'm sure if i spent more time practicing then yeah. i could probably get better at it so anyways on this album I, I like to play what i think is appropriate for the song you know i, I don't want, i don't look at every song as an opportunity for me to to burn on the guitar or whatever i want to play what what is appropriate for the feeling and, and what we're trying to convey in the song and, and this particular song when I listened to it, the solo came up. It just, it told, you know, it said to me that it, it wanted me to play slide on it, so I did. It's a very basic slide solo, but I think it's really like, you know, exactly what the song needed. So that one's just in standard tuning, is that right for the slide? Yes, yeah. So the there was no way for me to um, to be able to pull it off live unless I did the whole thing in standard tuning because I played the rhythm part too. Yeah, so, yeah. and I'm not much of the, you know, usually when I play slide, I'll tune to like an open E, um, but this was in just standard tuning, and I just kind of had to uh, to find my way around it. Track five, Gravity. 
which uh, features yourself on vocals. Again, is really, really good. Yeah, thank you. Well, you know, this song is, it's another kind of lyrically complex song like Gravity, um, where this song kind of, this deals with like a couple of different things and it could be interpret, uh, interpreted so many different ways. So it's like, it's one of the beautiful things about music to me. It's like, we can write songs and it's really up to the listener to figure out how the song applies to them and their life and their experience, you know, but there's so many different ways you can look at this song. Like, you know, it could be about two people coming together uh, in a relationship that, that works, that works out just fine. It could also be about a very codependent relationship. That's like not a healthy one. You know, it's like in the beginning it was okay. And then it became this really like unhealthy way that they were connected to one another. And then, like in the very beginning of the song, you could like interpret it very literally, like uh, as if a guy's jumping, like you know, jumping off cliffs, like into the ocean or something. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, it's like the you could interpret it like the guy is. The lyric says, "Jump in, the water's fine." Yeah. Five words can change your life, and it's almost like the guy jumps into the water, but like the jump ends up killing him. You know, okay. And yeah. then the whole song from that point forward becomes like this retrospective thing as the guy's dying. He's looking back at the relationship, you know, that he had. So anyway, there's so many ways you can look at the song. I think that's one of the cool things about writing. Jump in, the water's fine. Five words can change your life. See you clear when my eyes are closed. High dive deep way down below. Track six. We all all right. We're again yourself on vocals and Noah as well. Yeah, I thought it was cool to to switch it up a little bit, you know. And so we're sharing the lead vocal. He does the verses, I do the choruses. This is just a party song, you know, a song that we envision people cranking up. You know, they're they're having a house party or a backdoor barbecue, you know, backyard barbecue or whatever. It's like you know, just crank it up. It's got a good groove. It makes you want to dance, you know. And the whole song is about that. It's like, hey, we're just having a good time. We don't need anybody, like, making any problems. You know, we're just here to have a good time and enjoy ourselves, and, and that's really the gist of it. Um, those little guitar riffs you do as well, in between the melodies, are really nice. It's like, not like another voice, I guess, you know, with those melodies you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and also, the, and the piano, the, the cool little outro, everything in yeah, the song. Yeah, the whole song <laughs> has lots of cool, there's a lot of different parts going on to that yeah. song. Yeah, there is, the whole yeah. thing is, is that there's so many different parts, but they all work together. And that's just how we roll, and we all all right. Yeah. Okay, now track seven, Take It On Home. So another vocal by yourself and also another great catchy tune. The solos you do in this song with the, just some really tasteful bends. Yeah, thanks. I mean, you know, there's something about bending the strings and being a player, it's like having the control over the string, you know. So That's right. able to end it as gradually or as quickly as you want and then obviously hitting the pitch just right, you know. Yeah. It's all very important stuff when it comes to technique. Yeah. I mean, the song itself is really just like those kind of uh, retrospective songs, you know, just I've kind of written a few of those 
in recent times where it's just, you know, I'm getting, I'm like, I'm about to be 42 years old. You start kind of looking back on life. I have a bunch of kids. I see myself in them. And, you know, it's like this song is just about basically being away from home, but, you know, having this wonderful family to come back to so much, so much love and, and so much to look forward to when I'm going back home, you know. And, and it's true. It's something that I feel uh, on a regular basis. Yeah, so that brings us to track eight, your, your first cover, which is Mr. Soul, the Buffalo Springfield tune. That song is like really, it's always been one of my favorite Buffalo Springfield songs, and a lot of people hear it, they go, it's all, it sounds like Jumpin' Jack Flash. I'm like, well, I didn't write it, but, uh, you know, it's like, it's got that lick, yeah, yeah. and it's kind of like this really driving, monotonous lick to it, but we played it like really hard and crunchy and heavy on our version. But the reason why I did the song is because I did this uh, performance at a benefit concert, and I was, played it with Stephen Stills and Neil Young. Yep. And we did several songs that night, but we did that one, and it was such a cool experience. It was like so much fun playing that song. I really enjoyed it. So we, we decided to do it in the studio, and this was kind of my way of paying tribute to, to getting to do that with those guys. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know the original song, but I noticed this one had some, like, really interesting chord changes over the solo. So is that the same as the original? Yeah, 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 we did the same thing. It's, yeah, it's almost, <laughs> that bass line in there is like this Blues Brothers thing. But <laughs> And I was like, is that, it, it was just fascinating to me. But yeah, that was actually, that's an original part. And okay. It's kind of weird, but it, it works. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, so track nine, Better With Time, another one with your vocals on it. Yeah, so you tell us a bit about yeah, this. Yeah, this, this is a, it's a soul, this is more like along the lines of a, of a soul song. It's got kind of an R&B soul vibe to it. And again, I like to lean more towards the positive side of things instead of the negative side of things. And so, you know, this is about, and it really is like reflective of my relationship with my wife, you know, in my opinion, as we get older, as we've been together longer, I feel like the relationship just continues to get better. And that's really, you know, what it's all about. Sun burning up in the sky. The man up in the moon who's turning the tide. I come to know through all the lows and the highs. It's a hell of a ride. It keeps getting better with time. So, yeah, the last song, uh, the last cover, the Turn Into Stone, Joe Walsh cover. Uh, another great way to finish the album. Yeah, man. So, Joe, you know, I've known Joe since I was 17 years old and touring with the Eagles. And so, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect and admiration for him. He's a good friend of mine. But we were asked to do a uh, a show where they were honoring Joe Walsh and, and there were a lot of different artists playing Joe Walsh songs. And so I always dig into people's catalog and try and find, you know, the less obvious songs. I know everybody's going to go for like the most obvious songs first. So, yeah. you know, I started doing a little digging and then uh, I found Turn to Stone. I found this really cool live version that he did from the 70s. I just, I thought, wow, this is cool. We should do this. And so we did that. 
as along with a couple other songs, but it, it went up really well. I thought it suited me and my band, so we went in the studio and, and recorded it. And the version on our record is literally from beginning to end is like one take. It's oh, like right. a, a true live performance in the studio. Oh wow, that's really good. I mean, your solo at the end is amazing. I think. Yeah, no, it's really cool. So that's no. Overall, it's just like I said, it's a great album with every song being you know, having its own little personal. Uh, touch of different things going on so and that's great you know for you to, to describe it to all the fans as well so i'm sure people get a lot out of this yeah right on well now, thank you i mean i'm really happy with the record and i'm hoping that that everybody digs it as much as we do because obviously i mean i obviously think it's a great record i wouldn't have put it out if i didn't believe that but you know it's always nice to to let to get it into people's hands and, and see what they think about it you know and so far the all of the reaction has been really positive Now, do you have any plans of coming back down to Australia with this one? Well, not yet, but I mean, I hope so. I would love to come back. We were just there about eight months ago, eight or nine months ago. But I mean, I want to continue to come back on a regular basis and not like have so much time in between tours yeah. uh, like there has been in the past. So, I mean, hopefully maybe we can book through the end of this year, but maybe we can uh, make something happen for next year. That would make me happy. Yeah, oh, cool. No, I'd love to see it again. So look forward to you coming down. Thank you once again. I really appreciate the, the time you spent doing this with me. Hey, man. My pleasure. Thank you. No problem. And I, yeah, like I said, I hopefully see you down in Australia again real soon. All right, man. All right. Thanks, Kenny. Bye. All right, same. Bye. Bye.